love your pet, right? You love your dog, like really love your pet. But is your pet a part of your family or does it belong to you like property? Currently, the law in BC treats your pet as though it is property. But there is talk now of the provincial government taking a look at that and perhaps treating pets more like family, particularly when you have custody disputes, like when couples split up and they're trying to decide who gets the cat or who gets the dog. So what are the concerns here, though, if we make that change? I know a lot of pet lovers will immediately say, yes, this is a great idea, but is it? What does it mean, really? Well, Victoria Schroff joins us now, a long-serving animal lawyer practicing at Schroff & Associates in Vancouver. Victoria, thanks for being here. Pleasure. What are the concerns about changing the law to make pets more like family as opposed to property? Well, the first thing is that I think that this is actually a giant leap forward for um, conceiving of animals as more than just chattels like a toaster. So I'm actually really pleased with this idea of these amendments and, and the ethos behind it. Okay, but are there not concerns? Like, what does it change? So if a couple now goes and they're fighting over, you know, the dog, what does this mean? What would it, could it potentially mean? So what it means is basically that um, uh, the court is going to have more clarity and the court is going to have tools uh, for which to deal with the um, dissolution of the marriage vis-a-vis the pet. So, so what can happen there is the court can look at a lot of factors that uh, previously... The idea of pet custody has been quite a gray area. As you started off um, by introducing this piece, it's true that throughout Canada, throughout most of the world, animals are property under the law. And so this is actually trying to flip the switch a little bit and say, you know, we understand the importance of animals and um, we're basically seeing that there have to be some better and more relevant factors that we can consider for these difficult decisions. And, and so... So what what the amended um, or the proposed amendments bring is um, a flavor to the law that has not been seen before, and it would be actually groundbreaking in BC. So I'm actually very excited about the idea that we can now look at things such as violence in the family. It's actually specified. Um, it's it's there. It's spelled out in in the law. Um, in relation to pet Hmm. custody. Mm -hmm. Okay, Okay. does this open the door, though? Allow me to just play devil's advocate here for a second. So, Victoria, does this open the door, then? If you're giving the pet, the dog, the cat rights in that fashion, where do we draw the line, though? For instance, what about if the decision has to be made to put the pet down? How does does this change in law impact that kind of decision? Nobody wants to do that, but how does this impact that? Well, I don't think it would. I don't think it would really impact um, euthanizing an animal for medical reasons. So, let's say, for example, a veterinarian has signed off on the idea that this particular animal needs to be uh, euthanized um, medically, and I don't. I don't see how this law would actually impact that. Um, you know, it's 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 something that that you know. First, to also consider this, pet custody cases are not new. I will say that I can tell you about a case called Rogers versus Rogers from Ontario in 1980 that made the newspapers back in the day, way before social media. Uh, this was splashed all over the newspapers as a couple fighting over, I think at the time, was their hunting dogs. So the concept of pet custody and couples fighting over their family pets 
are not, it's not a new concept. It's something the courts have been grappling with. But what we're doing here with this kind of legislation, if it passes, is it's just allowing, I think, I really think it's going to make it easier for separating couples. I don't think we're going to see the scenarios that people have come up with, like the courts are going to be flooded. I know that's something that people have said. So that's something to, to you know, put your devil's advocate hat on and say, well, you know, people are going to be coming to court and we're just going to be inundated. I don't think so. I actually, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, I think that um, this also gives people um, the opportunity to try to settle their matter and come to a private agreement as well right. prior to going to court. What about, say, mistreatment of pets, right? What about, mm-hmm. does this give something like the BCSPCA more power in seizing mistreated pets? Because if you're saying they have the rights to consider the kind of home they're going to live in, well, if the couple's not separating, but they're in a home where they're being mistreated, how does that get dealt with? Ah, that's that's very interesting, and 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 that's that's you know lateral thinking that would be something that could come out of this legislation, um, and yeah, no, it's but possible. who gets to decide? Like who is deciding what mistreatment is? I guess I just I see a bit of a slippery slope here. Right. Well, that's that's a really good point, and I think I think that when when you know I think the the wording is about um, it's it's the willingness to care for the animal. Uh, there is a risk of family violence and threat of cruelty to an animal and more. So that's sort of the, the wording that I saw in the attorney general's press release where I'm also quoted. And it says, you know, I think, I think what, what they're, the idea there is that um, it's got to be decided by the court as to what there has been, if there has been cruelty. And they would have, the person who's alleging it would have to bring that evidence. And it has to be good evidence. It can't just be someone's like, well, he, he or she is cruel to Fido. It has to, you know, you, you have to do things with evidence, not just bald right. allegations. But we have to say, we have to define, though, don't we, what is cruel? Because yeah. what some people yeah. might think is just, okay, I may not have my dog with me all the time. Somebody else who is perhaps a little bit more of a dedicated pet owner judges that. Yeah, no, and, and you raise a really good point. I think I think what, what you're getting at there is, you know, um, we want to make sure that the allegations are correct. Um, and who's deciding that? And I would say in this, in, if, if it comes back to the, the pet custody realm, you're looking at the court deciding that. But it would have to be based on the evidence. Now, let's say there had been an SPCA complaint and um, the SPC, uh, SPCA investigates every single complaint they get. Um, and so, uh, you know, whether, you know, whether it results in action is another matter, but they investigate. Um, and so it's a question of saying, well, here was the finding of the SPCA officer, and it could be it could be nothing. They might they might not have found that there was cruelty, and they might have found that somebody was trying to weaponize the animal and say that the other party was um, cruel or had harmed the family pet when it wasn't true. Um, but there are instances where it is true, and it's called the violence link, where it's a gateway. Harming the animal is a gateway to then harming the human, or they're harming both together at the same time. This is this is a known thing in the literature. Right. It's something I look out for when I have my intake questions on a pet custody file. A new file, I ask: Has there been family violence? But are we then? Are we not establishing 
what we consider to be norms for pet ownership. If we're saying if there's a pet custody dispute, this is what is going to influence where that pet should go. But yet we let anybody have a pet, right? So like at what point are we saying those standards don't apply everywhere all the time? That's true. That's true. And so I think what's going to happen here too, Simi, is we're going to see how the courts end up sort of interpreting these provisions and especially at the BC Supreme Court level um, to see how, how judges handle these provisions. And remember, it's going to be case specific. So, um, you know, it, it will be a situation where um, if somebody is making these allegations, I think they should be able to back it up. Okay. So can the law of Victoria be written in such a way and it, for it to be so narrow that it only deals with custody agreements, um, in in this particular um, in this particular case, like if we're just talking about you know a dissolution of a marriage, or this is this is what this is meant for. This particular um, statutory change will be changes to the Family Law Act, right? So that's that's the whole idea. The whole the whole impetus behind this was to introduce the amendments to also reflect the values that people hold for their family pet today, that where where pets are family, you know, like you started off saying, yeah. people love their, their pets very, very much. So if we're talking about it within the confines of pet custody, I think this is, if these amendments pass, it's a huge win. Now, how this may play out in, for example, um, strata and condominium law, residential tenancy, um, you know, would, would somebody make arguments, lateral arguments based on this? Uh, this statute. Yes, it's possible that somebody could try, and then it would be up to the adjudicator to sort of look at things and say, well, what I think you're saying is reasonable or not. Hmm. All right, Victoria, thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Interesting discussion. Victoria Schroff is an animal lawyer practicing at Schroff and Associates in Vancouver. I mean, I get it. I have two dogs and a cat myself. They are part of the family. But do you want to enshrine that in legislation that would then... I think potentially lead to some of these other kind of slippery slope situations. What about stratas? What about buildings that say no pets? What if you're a landlord or what if you're a renter and, you know, can you no longer say, well, no, this, this is part of my family. You can't deny me, you know, a rental space because this pet is with me. Have we considered all those possibilities of the ramifications and consequences of that? If you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com.